Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cheese, so many dudes. Every single day. Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. us. Girl, hello. How are you? Good. Happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. Gal, who were you this week? Oh my God. Thank you for asking. Oh my God. You're very welcome. Well, I'm going to say this week, you're going to love this. This feels targeted. This is a targeted ad towards you specifically. Yes. This week, I was a Samantha for not the reasons you would think. Okay. I was a Samantha because, okay, so in the Sex and the City movie, you you know, Samantha lives in L.A. (laughs) and she like kind of loves it. And I think I'm starting to kind of love L.A. I had a, I know. I'm so happy. Yeah, I And it's for kind of the most simple reasons. I was just kind of walking around like I have a a writing job right now. So I have very little time to like actually be outside. So in the morning when I walk from my car to the coffee shop is kind of like my moment in the sun, which is like sort of depressing. (laughs) And I was walking from my car up to go get him tiger. And I was just like. Look at that sky. Feel that sea breeze. Yes. Feel the sun hitting my shoulders. Like, I don't know. I just kind of... Girl. And then last night I went to this party that was on paper goofy as fuck. Uh Uh-oh, goof troop. Like, just kind of... I don't even know how to like young Hollywood like I don't I don't Girl, know how to describe it. I can't say. <gasps> I can't say. Oh my because god! You can't say. I mean, it's a secret party. It was not a secret party, but I am about to kind of make fun of it, so it has to be secret. I mean, offline, I'm gagging for this information. Okay. Well, anyways, it was just kind of like. When I say New Hollywood, that sounds very like... Who's in New Hollywood? I don't even know what I mean by that. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I don't stand by what I say. But what I Useful. mean... Like, I don't know. Okay, like, did you watch Love? I did the first season. Okay, so you know how, like, everybody kind of, like, sits around Paul Rust's living room and, like, they sing songs? I thought that looked fun, honestly. It, it did, but I, when I watched that, I'm like... Is that like what people really do in LA? And last night, judging by this party, that is a hundred percent what an LA party looks creative. like. It was like people were like gathered around the piano singing songs and like I don't know. But then Wait, also, this sounds very like, fun. It, it it was, but also Y'all had to fuck each other in the end? There's just a vibe of like, does anyone here actually like each other? I guess is what it boils down to. It wasn't coming from a place of deep camaraderie. It was more like Was everyone famous? No, and there were like bits and pieces of fame, but a lot of like hangers on. This is like a lot of those vibes. Like, and then they uh, had this like, yeah, I don't know. I just 
it, the reason I say it was kind of goofy was that like, I guess outwardly it looked really great. And then when you started talking to people, you're like, oh, you're like a vessel. Like you have nothing to say. Um, and this one guy. This I was, is helping you love L.A.? It is These because, types of parties. let me tell you, it was because I was just, I had a moment at the party where I was like, this is so silly. Like, just, I don't know, again, just the people who were like clearly there because they were like, ooh, look who I'm friends with. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of that, mm-hmm. like, social climby vibe. Yeah. That plus the songs around the piano, it reminded me of love. I love love. Hmm. I just kind of was like, oh, I'm in a goofy movie right now. That's cool. And I kind of am embracing it for the first time versus being a hater. Well, I love Jamie, I love you, and you're one of my best friends, and so I'm very dedicated to you loving L.A. So this is great news for me. Okay, great. Who are you this week? I think this week I was a total Charlotte. <gasps> I know. Fascinating. I know. And basically— Fascinating. Well, Skylar and Jamie both met somebody that I've been going on some dates with. I really like him. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. And we hung out on Sunday, and on Thursday I still hadn't heard from him. Okay. And I was talking to my therapist, who's a man. Shout out to male therapist. Amazing. And I was telling him, I was like, well, I don't want to reach out to him because, like, he's the guy. Like, I pull back. Sure. And that's, like, very Charlotte to, like, do the rules. Like, I kind of do the rules. This episode is about doing the rules. Which I sort of kind of do. And then my male therapist is like, Rose, that's ridiculous. The only guys that want you to, like, totally pull back are, like, avoidance. And that's Mm -hmm. not the kind of guy you want to be with. Like, Mm -hmm. if you never reach out to a dude and you never text him, he's just going to think you don't like him. Like, yeah, maybe some guys like to set the pace Mm -hmm. and do all of the reaching out. But, like— that's just not all men. Has he been pretty consistent? Yeah. But Otherwise? I was just like, it's Thursday. I'm making my plans for the weekend. Right. And so I was talking to my therapist on the phone. He's like, if you want to see him, just text him. So I texted him while I was on the phone with my therapist. And I was like, hey, I'm making my plans for the weekend. Do you want to hang out in like in 30 seconds? He's like, yes. And I was Aww. like, I was like, oh, okay. So like, I guess I can text sometimes. I just take the traditional route more. And my male therapist was like, you cannot put all men, 50% of the population into a box and be like, you can never reach out to them and you can never do this. He's like, that's yeah. ridiculous. That's like propaganda that like women wrote this, like these stupid dating books in the sixties. Like, he's like, you can't go by that. Did and you hang out? Did you have fun? Yeah, we did. Um, we did. It got a little intense, which oh, I think will probably be more of an offline conversation. Okay, great. <laughs> but we did TBD. hang out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, it was. It was just kind of a good thing for me because, well, one thing that my therapist said that was like really, really brilliant and kind of like shook me was I've been in relationships with a lot of avoidance, meaning people that aren't like very Yes, we've talked about avoidance intimacy. on the pod. Right. We love that. It's a buzzword here at Couldn't Help But Wonder. Well, it's been a buzzword in my life. And the thing that he said to me, my male therapist, that was so like, oh my God, into my bones was he was like, don't learn from bad relationships. If you're with a guy, if you, mm. if the last relationship you were in was with an avoidant who like really hated it when you like reached out or needed anything. So you learned to just pull back and just let it all be on their timeline. Don't learn from that and do that in your next thing. Like the only guys that need you to fully pull back and need to be totally in control are avoidance. A normal, emotionally available guy can handle you being like, hey, what are you up to? This is what I need, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was so interesting because I felt like I had been learning from my avoidant relationships. Like, oh, just hang back. Just be the girl, blah, 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 blah. 
And my male therapist was like, that only works with people that you don't want to be with. Yeah. So don't shape how to be Based from these assholes. The like, bad examples of what relationships look like. I don't know why like. that was so poignant for me, but I was like, oh it my is poignant. God. No, like, it's huge. That's a huge thing. I mean, I feel like all we... Say, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, all we do is take the things that didn't work and we're like, well, that's what a relationship must look like. And sometimes it kind of pans out, but usually it starts with like panic and anxiety and wondering if they're going to fade away into the ether. And it's like, no, that's the example of what you don't want. You want the person that you text on a Thursday to hang out. And they're like, absolutely. In 30 seconds. Yes, exactly. And also, like, I do think that like the dating advice industrial complex is very much built around like women hang back, men go forward. If a guy likes you, he'll reach out. You shouldn't have to do anything. And I guess what I'm learning, especially by having a male therapist, is like not all guys like that. And guys are people too. And if you never reach out to them, why would they think that you like them? They would be just as insecure as you would be. Yeah. I'm glad. I like this therapist. He's a genius. Yeah. I think I might need him. Yeah. I mean, I love my therapist as well, but... She is an actress who is on Mad About You. And who knows, maybe when the show gets rebooted, she's going to go back to it. But let's save that story for another time. I'm working through it. That's not a joke, you guys. Listeners, that is not a joke. My therapist was a big sitcom actress and her show is getting the reboot and they probably begged to get her back. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I know. It's interesting. Okay, so this is a fabulous episode. Loved. Yeah, this episode's kind of incredible because... I have to say, um, well, we're, we're today we're doing um, season one, episode six. It's called Secret Sex. Just really quick, I would like to say that this is possibly one of the most iconic episodes of the entire series, which is kind of interesting because I've watched the series so many times through start to finish. And this is the first time I've really like seen this episode. This episode kicks off in maybe the most iconic way ever. Carrie is at a promotional photo shoot for her column, which means her gosh dang picture is going to be on the side of a bus. The same bus you see in the opening credits of the show. And the little beige negligee dress Carrie wears in the bus pick is the same dress she ends up wearing on, you got it, her first date with Big. Whoop, whoop. That's right. Her first official big date is in this episode. Carrie is wearing, as Charlotte calls it, the quote unquote naked dress. As she and the core four enjoy wine and a massive plate of cookies at Carrie's apartment before she goes off to meet Mr. Big for dinner. Because nothing says pre-party for a first date like sugary carbs and sleepy red wine before a full meal. Comorific. The girls sit around Carrie's apartment discussing the fact that Carrie is dressed for sex. And Charlotte, of course, says, please don't have sex with him on the first date or even the third date. But Carrie doesn't listen. She says bye to her friends who keep eating in her apartment after she left, question mark. Okay. Food version of a trust fall. I'm into it. The second Carrie slips into the backseat of Big's car. They start snogging their snouts off, which leads to a detour before dinner. Intercourse before their first course. Huh? Mm. I can't be hemmed in by rules. I go with my emotions. I mean, some of the greatest romances of all time began with sex on the first date. I bet. I will not be the first one to speak. And if he never calls me again, I'll always think of him fondly. As an asshole. That was really... I mean, can you believe we... On the first date... (laughs) I mean, I didn't plan that, you know, I... What do you think? What? Ow. Oh. Uh, I thought it was pretty fucking great. 
How do I know? You feel like having some sex, one? The music in that clip is I mean, psychotic. Womp chicka womp womp. I mean, literally, I feel like a guy with like no shirt recorded that song. Yeah, I know. A sweaty, <laughs> a sweaty shirtless man. You can like hear the Dakar. Oh, yeah. No, you can like smell the sex in the bedroom <laughs> through the jazz. That was like it, a stinky clip. It was stinky. It honestly, it reeked. Honestly, I it feel like reeked exposed. of stinky, stinky of puss juice. Oh, my um, God. Yes. I said it. You know what? It's That's Sunday. This kind We're of recording a on a Sunday. It's God's day and God loves pussy. I'm so sorry. I just alienated part of our fan base, potentially. <laughs> Where are the evangelicals? Are gone. They're gone. Gone. They're done. They're done with us. They were trying us out. They were trying us on for size, but they're done. Um. So, mm, that dress on yeah. a date. Yeah, what do you think of that dress? Is, it t- is Carrie trying too hard by wearing a naked dress? Okay, I'm just gonna say... That dress is hot. It's slamming. Gorgeous. It's sexy. She looks Gorgeous. awesome in it. It's basically, this is what I look like naked. Yes. Um, I think for a first date with somebody that you want a long-term thing with, it's a little bit like, uh, did you call for a, a call girl tonight? Yeah, like, she also wore a giant fuzzy fur coat over it. Like and it's like, it is straight up prosy. Can I say, though, after watching this, I was like, okay, I agree with everything you just said. I was like, that is a bold move. That is a bold move. That's a big swing. However... This episode made me think everybody should fuck on the first date. Interesting. Which is is interesting because I've never done it. I have no research to back up my claim. But I kind of was like, if we all just started having sex early, and I'm not saying intercourse. It could be anything. It could just be like getting to a significant base, you know, past second or third Perhaps. Wait, nothing past second or past third I'm is. Just, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I also don't know baseball. Anything um, past I just, fourth fuck, base. I just eliminated all of our baseball fan listeners. The evangelicals and the baseball Jamie, we're heads are done. Nothing. We're going to have nothing left. But no, I, I'm just saying, I think getting to it, let's just say a significant base, whatever that means to you. A significant think, base is so funny, Okay, by the way. thank you. Hashtag significant base. Um, pump up the base. I, I do think that if we kind of just put sex on the table from the beginning, Maybe it would change things and and we wouldn't get into this place of like withholding, like you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, like withholding or like, oh, I have to play games. I have to, you know, hold back because then it'll make him want me more. It's like, well, if you both just kind of put everything out there in the beginning, maybe it could lead to sort of I'm not saying that it would lead to a long term relationship, but maybe it would cut some of the anxiety that we have. I think opposite day. I think that uh, sex with somebody you don't know for guys and girls can be a little pressury. And like some guys like can't get hard if they don't, you know, I think that like you could have really bad first sex on a first date that actually doesn't even indicate how good the sex would be because you're both like noivous. Yeah, you're smart. You're you're bringing up that like obviously being more like connected and in communicative can lead to better sex. And if you don't know each other that well, you won't have that. Well, I've had boyfriends where like it wasn't good in the beginning and then it got awesome. So I just you think have. That, yeah, because oh, I think I've sometimes never had people that. get It's nervous. always been good or bad. Hmm. Yeah, I have. Has it warmed up to like full on like satisfying? Wonderful? Yeah, awesome. And it wasn't like it was wow. terrible, but I just think sometimes people are like, "Ah, hey, my body, my I have a dick. It's like really crazy. Like I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, like some guys have performance issues, and the only way that they can relax is being like, "Okay, this girl likes me. If if things go weird, it's okay. Like 
people are weird. People, I'm not weird. People aren't weird. See, people I guess have stuff. For me, I just lay there. I'm very, um, a very inactive partner. I'm <laughs> trying to work on it. So I think I can't maybe tell if you're joking or not. I'm, I am not fully joking. I'm a little joking. I could, mm. I could stand to like get into it a little harder. That's called being a pillow queen. Oh, is it? Yeah, you just lay there and you're like, I don't have uh, me. Look, I don't, I don't just, I, I'm not like you know, you do the work and I'll just chill. But text me when it's done. I'm, a, I'm a little like I could probably stand to like get wiggle, a little. yeah, wiggle or like climb on top every now and then, like just you know do my part. Quick and, climb on top, you know, just just a quick straddle, Jamie, just to remind are you there? them. No, I mean I'm not, I'm not unconscious. <laughs> I take a Klonopin, I take a Xanax, we time it, it's fine. We He's happy. It. Oh my God. Jamie, this is so hilarious. You're like, this is normal, right guys? Okay. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, because I feel like sex is sort of done to me, I judge a person on like, are they doing it to me well or not doing it to me well? Oh my I'm God, this is so funny to me. Dickhole. I'm the worst. James, okay. you're wild. You're wild and you're wild. Okay. Um, should they have had sex? Should, should yes. big, listen, you're, you're, what you said was very mature and smart. And what I said was I stand by it. I still think maybe if we were fucking sooner, it would clip some of the anxiety. Also, I don't actually think there are rules. I have a friend who had sex with their boyfriend and they ended up being together for five years. Anything happens any kind of way. Every sure. occasion is different. Yes. Um, I do think that Carrie, not to sound like we're castigating women for dressing sexy, but I do think if you wear a dress that's the same color of your skin with no bra and it's like barely covering your labia, like you are sending a message. And the message is not like, I could see this being a long-term thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I I was surprised just in general, whether you want to have sex with a person on the first date or not, the fact that she, just the fact that I don't, this is just a world that I, I don't fully understand. Like I would never wear a dress probably period on a first date, maybe something like long and flow. Even then I would have the thought is this sending a message that I like dressed up for this man? And mm. then I would immediately undercut it with like, I got to put on pants. To be cool, to play it cool. Yeah. I'm very into saving face until I realize, oh, I think we're going to be in love. And then I let my crazy out. That's cool. I like that. And I think my crazy contains wearing dresses. My I wear dresses every day. So you do. You wear them. And you're also like the you wear the best dresses. And Thank I feel you. like your dresses look very effortless and they are not Carrie Bradshaw bandaged so, <laughs> tit nipple dresses. I do have one skanky dress. I'm six <gasps> feet tall. It's really for somebody who's like five feet tall. It's like it looks like it shrunk in the wash. And I think the word doll. skanky is coming back, by the way. I just used it yesterday. And I, I was love like, it. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so 90s. Yes. But I did wear one time a, a truly skanky dress that like looked like I was like on a first date. Yeah. And I'm pretty flat, but it was like really low cut. Mm. So whatever I have going was like pretty exposed. And I think it was very distracting for both of us. I think the guy was like, who are you? And I was like, I don't know who I am. So I I don't know if that was like a great solution. Okay, I tried to be a skank once and it was like backfired big time because both of us were like, do you have self-esteem? And I was like, literally, I good question. <laughs> I've been wondering that. Couldn't help but wonder. Myself. Couldn't help but wonder, do I have self-esteem? So um, I think that big, I think that, so, okay, just to take it back a little bit. This Okay, so Carrie, whatever. So her friends are back at her apartment. She goes downstairs. She's wearing the naked dress with the fur coat over it. Um, and he says to her right away, interesting dress. And she's like, what do you mean by interesting dress? And he's like, interesting dress. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, there's part of me that's like, 
he's gaslighting her. That's not nice. All you should say is you look beautiful or don't say anything at all or be like, great to see you, whatever. But now I'm like, it is an interesting choice. Like, he's kind of perceptive. It is a message, like you said. Yeah, I agree with you. I think when he says interesting dress, he's like, oh, we're fucking tonight. Yeah. He, he, what he meant by interesting dress was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Um, cool. Should we uh, take a little quick break? Oh, I'd love to. I mean, I don't want to. I love everyone and I want to keep going. But let's take a break. So after Carrie and Big do the nasty on the floor of his APT, they head out for a Chinese dinner where Carrie runs into her friend Mike. Mike is on a date but doesn't introduce the girl he's with to Carrie, which is rude and rude. So rude. Rude. We later find out she's Mike's secret sex, as in she's smart and sweet and the sex is hell yeah, but she's not beautiful and she works in the cheese department at Mike's <laughs> local grocery store, so he keeps her private. He literally says the line, all of her friends work in dairy, which made me L out L. Anyway, Carrie learns that secret sex might be a thing. Of course, Samantha says she's had loads of secret sex partners, a window washer, a jazz musician, even a guy who turned out to be in high school. Whoops, guys. She's not a pedophile. She's just a horn dog. It's fine. However, according to Samantha, Charlotte's secret sex is the most surprising. She stopped a rabbi. Anyway, he wasn't a rabbi. Oh. He was a Hasidic folk artist from Brooklyn. Measles. <laughs> Evidently, Charlotte had seen Schmuel's work in an exhibition Shmuel. and scheduled an appointment he to was meet hot, him though. at his studio. These are outstanding. So much life. You have a beautiful way with life. Oh, the klezmer. Oh, God. Thank you. Now, this one is really special. That's my yeshiva. Mm. I wanted to capture the exuberance of youth. Twirl that curl, baby. quickly became intoxicated by his talent, his strangeness, and the smell of his wool. Gross. <laughs> oh, the smell of his wool is so visceral for me because I lived in I lived right next to the Hasidic Jewish neighborhood in Williamsburg. Uh, and, you know, in the middle of the summer, they're wearing full on coat, wool coats, the big tire, furry tire hats. And they're just you can see the beads of sweat pouring down their face. And I'm like, Charlotte had sex with that. She had sex with a wool man. I mean, Jamie and I are both the summer. Jewish, so I feel like we can say. Let's say. The hostages are intense. They're they disgusting. brought measles back. They don't vaccinate their kids. They cheat on their wives. They don't value women. They are bad, and they're gross. And women aren't allowed to go to school. Anyway, yeah, we're we just lost the Zionists. Oh, God. Oh. We're getting rid of everyone. Oy vey. To our one listener, thank you for sticking with us through all of our controversy. Controversy. Sure. Controversy. Okay. Wait, also um, just like hashtag Jewish knowledge. Oy vey. Vezmir means, oh, woe is me. Oy vezmir. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, you very easy, Can I say something about Charlotte? Please do. Charlotte is really interesting because, okay, fans of the show know that she has, she sort of evolves or devolves into a very like buttoned up, waspy, 
you know, kind of a caricature of herself. She's very like proper and offended and yeah. Um, but Charlotte in her early seasons, her roots are pretty fucking rustic and eclectic. Like, yes, she still has those sort of Charlotte rules, like no sex on the first date, but she's also having sex with artists. She works in a gallery. She seems very sort of like free spirit experimental, which is, I feel like is something nobody talks about when they talk about Charlotte. Like she did kind of have an edge in the beginning. Okay. Okay. I'm hearing a hmm. I don't know about that. Charlotte's interesting. I mean, one thing that's interesting about Charlotte is she's really traditional, which is important because obviously each one of the characters represents a different view on sex and romance. Yes. You know, Miranda's the kind of bitter jaded one. Samantha's like super. How would you even? I would say Samantha's just open and owning it. Right. And more interested in sex and relationships. And not apologizing for it. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie's just the every woman. Yes. Carrie's kind of using, I feel like they are, I feel like the other three are facets of Carrie's personality. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like Herman's head. Oh my God, I was about to say Herman's head. (gasps) Which was the the first version of Up. Oh my God. I can't, no, not Up. Um, Oh, the other the other animated in my emotions or something. Uh, inside out, inside yes. out. Oh my god! But I love that you said Herman's head. I was about to say Herman's head, and I was like, it's too dated of a reference, girl. But it's not. Age. It's the original Inside Out. Okay, sorry. Keep going. No, of course. But the thing that's interesting about Charlotte is she ha- like. However you feel about sex and relationships is fine, but just own it. She's very traditional about her views, but she seems really insecure about being traditional. It's like, hey, if you don't want to do things, don't do them. But she shrouds everything with like, I don't know, guys, like hair behind my ear. Like, is this okay? Like, like comes off really insecure. And then it sort of shifts as the series goes on into being sort of self-righteous. Yeah. But right now she's kind of, you're right. She's kind of in a like, is this okay? Mm -hmm. Is it okay if I fuck a... fat guy who cheats on his wife. I know. Also, uh, what I thought was interesting about this was, um, I guess when I was watching the series the last time before I watched it so closely like we are doing together, I kind of thought Harry, her husband in the later seasons, future husband, I thought that Harry was like her first Jew. Like they kind of presented it like, wow, the Episcopalian and the Jew, can you believe it? Star-crossed lovers, the Montague and the Capulet. And it's like, oh, no, she fucked a Hasidic guy in season one. Like, Also, this is New York. If, like, meeting, like, dating a Jew is, like, is shocking, shocking to you. Like, Everyone in New York seems Jewish. I know. I'm like, she's only had sex with two Jews? It's not a lot of Jews. Mix it up. Mix it up. Anyways, so have you, I, yeah, go ahead. Have you ever had sex with somebody that you were embarrassed to introduce people about similar to... What uh, Carrie's friend Mike is dealing with. Like, how did you, what did you think about that whole Mike thing of how he like has this girlfriend who like loves, enjoys having sex with, is really like having a blast with, but literally is embarrassed. What do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think that it's, it's sadly relatable. I, you know, I, I guess I'm in a place where what usually happens with my relationships is I date someone and then later realize, oh, I was always really embarrassed by them, but I kind of just, I was just like, oh, but that's mean of me. Like, I always assume it's me. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked up because I think X, Y, and Z about them is embarrassing. And later I'm like, why didn't I just own that I d- they weren't right for me? Or like, why didn't I, I guess I never, what I'm trying to say is I never would keep them away from my friends. I would just kind of have my friends meet them and realize my friends didn't really like them. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. He's not that great. Like, I think my friends are actually like a really good barometer for if, if someone should stay around. And I feel like, 
Yeah, that. So I, I didn't fully relate to Mike. I don't think I would keep a full relationship behind closed doors. I would maybe keep a booty call behind closed doors That's because I'd fair. be like, that belongs in the booty call box. But this guy, Mike, seemed to really like this girl. That's the thing. The thing that was weird about his... The only thing that I could really relate to with this was there was a summer where I was dating... Ugh, it's fine if you're not funny. Like, that's fine. You don't have to be funny. But I was dating a comedian that was, like, actively not funny. Oh, that's horrible. Like, he would tell these really long no. jokes. And we'd get to the end, and I'd be like, are you serious? No. It's, like, like, all prestige. It was awful. No trick. Yeah. It was no awful. magic trick. He literally, would, he literally said once, you don't think I'm funny. And I, I didn't say anything back. I wasn't like, no, babe, I do. I just was, like, silent. Oh, my God. And I you're, know. like, so funny. That must have Thanks. sucked. Well, that's who I didn't show to anybody because I was, like— I know that this guy isn't right for me, but we had a good physical connection. He was very sweet and we had fun. But every- but his humor was working in dairy. His humor was his cheese shop. I mean, it's like I can't date. If I can't introduced date you to him, it would have been really embarrassing. Yeah. If someone's unfunny, that, that's a really great point. It's okay if they're not funny, but if you're no, actively unfunny. Yeah. It's also just not okay. You're right. I don't know why I'm. If you're not funny, just walk off the I ledge. Mean, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So today, who have we alienated? The evangelicals, the, the baseball fans, Zionists. the unfunnies, the Zionists. That's it's it. really just reformed Jewish women that are still listening. I know. Yeah. Also, I agree with you, though. If someone is not funny and you know that about yourself, just own it and don't try to deliver on that but because Jamie, it's he just wasn't, not going to happen. He thought he was. But I he was it. trying to make his career around it. I know. It's unacceptable. It's almost like— No, he deserves, to, he deserves to be behind closed doors for sure. This guy— this guy, what's happening in this episode is fucked up because this is very specific. This guy connects to her. They have awesome sex. They have a great time. The only reason he doesn't bring her around is because he doesn't think she's a 10. That's really fucked up. I've never done that. I've never dated somebody that I loved hanging out with that I had a blast, but I was like, he's not hot enough for my friends. That's Also, your friends crazy. aren't going to think in those terms. They're well, never going to be like, thing. he's not hot enough for you. You're like, oh, he makes me happy. He's smart. He's wonderful. The sex is incredible. But Jamie, he's not hot enough for you. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. We're not friends anymore. That's like insanely shallow. But do you think that that guy doing that, do you think that's something? I bet you like, oh, can I wait? Can I? Please, I think this, please. I think this has to do with it. Please. Also, did you pick up on the fact that he was like, she was, oh, so whatever. Uh, Mike is laying in bed with the girl and and she goes, yeah, someday I want to open up my own cheese shop. I was like, in 2019, that's like actually a really great goal. Yeah, like, I don't think it's embarrassing. It sounds like you're an entrepreneur. It sounds like you are going to be the next Bedford cheese shop. Like, yes. you're on you're on a path. You should embrace her and invest in her company. Also, by the way, you watch the episode. She's perfectly cute. She's adorable. Yeah, it's she's like, adorable. She's she is she's and he's not a 10. So literally suck your own dick. I know. But you know what I think guys have like, you and, know, yeah, women have distorted all distorted sense of self. <laughs> yes, we all do. Right. But like, no pictures of. <laughs> oh, my Just God, men. Jamie. <laughs> I wish. But like, you know how like women are always talking about how like magazines and models and actresses fuck with their head. And we're always like, oh, we're too fat. We're too this. It affects men, too, because I do think men also see that stuff and say like, oh, that's what my girlfriend's supposed to look like. That's what the girl that I'm bringing in front of my friends are. I'm talking about a certain kind of guy. I like, know what you mean. I know exactly I'm what you mean. I'm just saying that like I even think that there's some guys if they like a girl who's kind of thick or kind of curvy or like, oh, is she supposed to be skinny? Like, I think that this shit poisons men too is all I'm saying. Also, I, well, I love what you're saying. And I also think it's the, the saddest part to me is that he didn't want to introduce her to another woman. Like that, it's like, okay, not that it would be acceptable if he didn't want to introduce her to men. That's also piggish and terrible. But the fact that he didn't even want to introduce her to Carrie, like Carrie, who's like a nice person who would never judge someone for like the way, like she's just not like that. She's not, she's not superficial in that way. 
I don't know. I I don't know. I agree. It also kind of makes me feel like, why are you friends with this guy? He's not a good person. Yeah. And then she like, yeah, seems like she hangs out with him a lot. It's like he kind of sucks. Like you should definitely spend your time hanging out with your girlfriends and not this like doofus who like chills at Bed Bath & Beyond. I love that Bed Bath & Beyond was clearly a sponsor of this episode because they were just hanging out in the pillow section. That's <laughs> just like that's where we spend time on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> in like, Manhattan is Bed Bath & fucking Beyond. It's like you have a secret lover. Do you also have a, a Do you also, neutral bullet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you also have three fr- frying pans that stack inside <laughs> of each other like a Russian? doll uh, oh I had something else I wanted to say about Charlotte tell us uh, I don't remember what it was go uh, think Charlotte Jews Charlotte Jews a little spicy not so spicy it's alright okay. I forgot it guys we're not editing that out that's just part of the process keep it in <laughs> Yeah. So after we learn about Charlotte's Hasidic escapade, something exciting happens. Carrie gets her first phone call from Big after they slept together and proposes they have a real first date. Carrie says, phew, what a relief. I just escaped the first date curse. That weekend, Carrie and Big go for a sweet little daytime stroll and all his dandelions until Big runs into a guy he knows but doesn't introduce Carrie to him. He does exactly what Mike did when he failed to introduce Carrie to the cheese queen. Carrie's fear that she is Big's secret sex is compounded when he takes her to the same greasy Chinese restaurant they went to after their first bangathon. While Carrie's feeling nervous about Big, we go to Miranda, who's sleeping with a dude she met at her kickboxing gym. Yeah, she accidentally kicked him in the face and felt terrible about it, as you do when you kick someone in the face. But he asked her on a date anyway. The morning after she sleeps with him, she snoops around his apartment and finds some porn. Some spanking porn. Ooh, daddy. And then later, she playfully spanks the guy while they're walking and he never calls her again. And then later, she playfully spanks the guy while they're walking and he never calls her again, probably because he knows Miranda went through his stuff. To be honest, we kind of don't give a shit about Miranda in this episode. What Carrie is dealing with is heavier than a failed tap on the tush. She finds out Big can't make it to her bus party. What is a bus party, you ask? It's when four fabulous women stand on the street with glasses of champagne, waiting for Carrie's bus with her picture on it to pass by so they can toast her success. Sure, when the bus goes by, there's a penis spray painted on it, but here it couldn't help but wonder, we see that as a sign that you've made it. Carrie's just done with dating. With buses and drunk on Prosecco, she heads to Big's apartment to read him the riot act. I just came here to tell you that if you're embarrassed or ashamed to be involved with me in any way, that we can no longer see each other. The truth is, I blame myself. No. I wore the naked dress on our first date. I slept with him too fast. And now I'm on a Fifth Avenue bus with a penis on my head. What are you talking about? You won't introduce me to your friends. You bring me back to that restaurant where men take women they don't want to be seen with. You won't come out and meet my friends. You know, you have me in a, in a niche. Certain events, certain restaurants, certain people. Like, like I'm only a particular fragment of the kind of person you think that you should be dating. But I've only gotten to know a particular fragment, although I'm beginning to know more. No, this is not me. This is me reacting to your perception of me. Oof, love that line. Oh, okay. Well, I think Feng Wa's is the best Chinese food in the city, so that's why we went there. And, uh, oh, the, the uh, guy we met in the street, I couldn't remember his name, which possibly means I have Alzheimer's, so that's what that was about. I mean, come on. And this afternoon, I had courtside tickets. 
to the Knicks. And that's all, folks. I should have been jumping for joy, but I only felt a hard knot of fear. <sighs> so you and me, then maybe this is for real? And the okay. smooth jazz rises on up. Oh, God. So I know that we don't have any baseball fans listening anymore, but <laughs> uh, if the Knicks game was in the afternoon, he couldn't come to the bus party in the evening. That timeline doesn't work for me. Jamie, um, are they long? Are they long games? Have you been to a basketball game? I just like the idea of you watching this episode and doing like a full like goodwill hunting math equation to figure out that he could have done both. <laughs> that just makes me so happy. <laughs> I buy a dry erase board. I go out to the container store just to just to dissect exactly what happened. You contact the writer of this episode and you're like, uh, I don't mean to poke holes 20 years later, but. Oh, my God. I don't know. Take it away. What do you think? I think this relationship is kind of fucked up because the way it works is Big always gets to be the cool, chill guy who steps back and goes, hey, sweetie, calm down. This is I what know. actually happened. I mean, and carries- we can't stop emphasizing how much he gaslights her, but go on. It's kind of amazing that we started a podcast of a show we love so much where the main romantic Dude. relationship like chills us to our core yeah. and like puts women back like 4,000 years. Yeah, it's, it's so not real, a good relationship. Though, but it's so real. I think that this episode... This episode, you guys can't see, but her eyes are closed. They are, I'm, and I'm rubbing my forehead. Um, I can't, I can't even. She's going internal. I am. I, I feel, She's going deep. Something deep is something, coming. I feel, I feel a gurgling in my stomach. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. The puke. No, I'm okay. I just think that that this episode in particular, the dynamic between Carrie and Big is is truly. so so many men that I've dated, like to a point where, I mean, I'm getting chills talking about it. Like I totally get, I love that she went over there to tell him. I thought that was really empowering. Was bad, I was like, badass. good for her. She's yeah. done that a couple of times now where she's like, listen, you can't push me around, which is fucking rad. But when she says, when he gets says, okay, I thought I had Alzheimer's and I was at a game and he gives her all these things. And then she kind of was like, she's like, man, that I should be so excited, but I'm just scared. I'm like, that is everything. That's everything. It's like, do you trust him? You know, he's he's such a strong, silent type, but he is giving her enough, you know, kernels of attention to keep her going. Is it authentic? Is he really just kind of this toxic man who doesn't know how to express himself and she's reacting to that? Or is it a hunch and she knows what's coming? She knows that maybe he's a little full of shit. I don't know. What do you think? I totally agree with you when you closed your eyes and you like flipped through every man. I saw God. Yeah, you like went to your childhood. I don't know where you went. Literally. But you came back. I came back. You look incredible. And the past is bleak. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I think part of the reason that you literally closed your eyes is because it's, uh, I'm sorry. This is, you go, you go. No, no. I mean, I think. just covered my face. I can't even. I'm I'm literally hiding. Jamie's like having a full body experience. No, I think that the reason that it's so impactful, I mean, I think that The reason the show is so impactful is even if it's not the right thing, it's what happens. And I think a lot of us, uh, I guess, women have been in relationships with people that make us feel like we're insane. Like, 
getting drunk and coming over and be like, why did you do that? And then they're like, oh, I just was like hanging out with my friends. I forgot. And you're just like, oh, okay. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And it's bad for both people. It's it like, is because it's, it's teaching men. It's teaching men that we're always kind of going to be there and we're always going to be like, do you like us? Do you like us? Because they know that they hold the power, especially back when this episode aired. That is the dynamic is that men are like, hey, babe, like, what's up? And then they're like, are we okay? Do you like me? And they're like, oh, women are crazy. Like, it's just the same shit over and over and over again. And luckily, I do think things are moving in a direction where like the roles and the dynamics are shifting between men and women. But that really was dating for me. Dating was this feeling. It was fuck. I like this person, but I haven't heard from them. But will I hear from them? I hear from them. Yay. Victory on to the next level. Oh, no. The next level is I start to love you and you're going to keep doing that. It's so Ouch. traumatic. It hurts. Like, yeah. it, and, and there's no communication and you're told don't communicate too soon. You'll scare them away. Everything is like, don't scare them. Don't scare them. And it's like, but they terrify us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was really poignant, actually. And, and I think that like, that's kind of what I was talking about too earlier when I was talking about my therapist is like, fuck rules. There's no rules. If you can't say how you feel with somebody, you shouldn't be with them. And if people are telling you, don't say how you feel, you could scare them away. Scare them away. It's not the right person. It's and just like, not right. I also just feel like this is a very gender dynamic. I'm sure there are men that feel like they're going crazy with women that are stable, but I do think it's often this dynamic. And if you're in a relationship with somebody that makes you feel like you're going crazy, that makes you feel like, am I crazy? Did I just do something that was crazy? And that you feel like you can't stand behind anything you say. And when you share your feelings, then you backtrack and feel embarrassed. That's just a sign of being in a really unhealthy, toxic relationship. Can I be honest about something? Yeah. When when Dan and I were first dating, and this is when I was in like my mid twenties, um, Dan would do a lot of stuff that I later realized was truly from a place of cluelessness, which is why I can excuse it. But he would do big shit to me, and I was like, like "What? Like, um, I might have mentioned this before on the podcast. I can't remember, but like one night, sort of similar to what you were saying with wanting to make plans with your dude for the weekend, we we're sitting at the computer, g chatting on like a Friday at six p.m." And I was just sitting there being like, make fucking plans with me. Make plans with me. Like, stop devaluing my time. Just make plans with me. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I'm signing off. Like, I'd be pissed secretly. I'm like, all right, well, I'm signing off. I'm going to go do something because it's Friday night. Can I remind you? It's Friday. And then he would be like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, oh, after like two hours of chatting. Just ask me that on Wednesday. Yes. And he didn't realize. And I finally was like, hey, that's not going to work for me. And he heard it. But there were a lot of those sort of feelings. And I think I've told you this before. Like after Dan and I slept together for the first time, I had to we were living in New York and I had to fly to L.A. And I remember being at JFK and it was like 4 p.m. the next day after we slept together for the first time. And I was like, I'm never going to hear from him again. I <sighs> truly believed that was it. I was like, wow, we had great sex. We had a great time together. That sucks that it's over. So when Carrie has that call earlier in the episode, where she was like, phew, after the first date, he called. I was like, oh my God, the amount of times I thought I wasn't going to hear from someone That's because so we fucked. It's so sad. Well, this is why some feminists have a problem with the show because a lot of the stuff they show on the show is not PC. It's not the way things should be. It's like a woman has sex with a guy and then she's terrified she's never going to hear from him again. That's sort of teaching women on accident that if you do this, it's a mistake and you're lucky if you hear from him. It's it's not it's not how things should be, but it is how people feel. And we do need to change it. And I think one way that women can take ownership of change is saying, if I want to hear from someone, I'm going to reach out to them. If I want to have sex on the first date, I love um, that. After two months, I'm going to do it because 
I prayer think, hand emojis. I love what you're saying. Yeah, it's like it's really scary to say what you want. I mean, I'm terrified of saying what I want in a relationship. It literally is so scary it's, for me. Yeah. But I'm trying to tell myself that if you don't do that, you don't even give someone a chance to give you what you want. Yeah. Like if they're nobody's a mind reader, nobody knows what you need. Like, and if you ask for something very specific and someone's like, I don't want to give that to you, then good to know. Like, yeah, you're so right. Also, oh God, just that the part of the clip where Carrie's like, it's my fault. I shouldn't have worn the dress. I shouldn't have fucked him on the first date. It's like, well, also he shouldn't have been gaslighting you for the past six episodes. Like it's not just the, Oh, we took her to the same restaurant and, um, and he didn't go to our bus party. It's like, yeah, he also like did that weird thing in the last episode where he like brought his friend on the date and also calling her dress. Interesting. No, he's rude. He's rude as fuck. This guy also, Oh, and the part in this episode where she's like laying on his chest, lying, laying. I did it. It was beautiful on, on his chest. And then he's like, Oh, my arm hurts. And then she's like, can you believe we just did that? And he was like, yeah, it was pretty fucking great. But what do I know? Don't say, what do I know? Just say it was fucking great. Why do you always have to undercut everything positive? You say with something shitty big. Yes. I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Preach, preach. Uh, I'm going to start going to Jamie's church, but I totally agree. And I also think that like, Yes, he gives reasons why he did all those things, but they weren't good reasons. For example, if I was walking with a guy and we bumped into people and he didn't introduce me, and then later I said, why didn't you introduce yes. me? And he said, yes. I forgot the person's name. That's easy. You go, hey, this is Rose. And I go, hi, I'm Rose. And then I they- know. You say, don't you know how to handle that? It happens no, all the time. I, I forget everyone's name. The I barely know my own. And also, I agree with you, too. It's like. Listen, if he had a Knicks game and the girl he just started dating had something big, just don't see the fucking Knicks. Uh, Yeah, you're a goddamn billionaire. (laughs) Go to the next Knicks game. Yeah, just like have them privately play in your jacuzzi or gym or whatever. (laughs) They don't play in the jacuzzi, but have them play in your mansion, right? Have a Knicks room in your house. Have a Knicks room. Where they just live and play whenever you like feed them quarters. Yeah, the point is Carrie feels really bad because she's like, oh, everything he said is justified. But it's like, bitch, no, barely justified. Yeah, and then she sleeps with him. Uh, I hate it. Okay. Oy vey. Well, as you know, guys, we have to take a break. You didn't know that, but we do. Okay, <laughs> see you in a sec. We know more than you. Hey, guys, we're back. And now it's time for that special moment where we talk about... The question of the episode. Roll the clip. Was secret sex the ultimate form of intimacy since it existed in a pure state exempt from the judgment of the world? Or is it just another way in which we deny our feelings and emotionally compartmentalize our lives? Mm. Is secret sex the ultimate intimacy? Ha ha. No. I mean, not even a little bit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, I guess I hear what she's what saying. What is she saying? She's saying like, because it's cl- behind closed doors, it's all... I think it's because it's all, you know, intimate. It's pillow talk. It's, you know, in the confines of your, it is intimate because it's all just in your apartment or his apartment. So it's like a sleepover, like the ultimate getting to know each other. But then a real intimate relationship has an outside of your apartment component as well. So I'm going to say, yeah, no. I mean, it's like Bernardo Bertolucci's last Tango in Paris. Have you ever seen it? No. It's about two people who meet in this apartment. They don't know each other's names. They don't know anything about each other. They they just have like really experimental, crazy sex. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of bringing up this idea of like, it's a totally secret relationship. They try to just make it be this thing. But of course, as all relationships, it can't possibly do that. Um, 
And there's some really dark stuff about that movie that I'm going to skip over because it's not helpful. But okay. anyway, if you if you want to if you want to know the dark stuff, just look up Last Tango in Paris trauma. Great. <laughs> Keywords. But um, no, I think a secret relationship is a nightmare. And I think it's one of those things that sounds fun. It's like having an affair. I think it sounds fun, but then is like crushes you. Yeah, it is the type of thing where eventually you're going to be like, where is this headed? Because you've invested enough time, even if it's just in the confines of your apartment, you've invested enough of your time and enough of your vagina into this person that you're going to be like, where could this go? And it can only go outdoors. I'm sorry, but you guys got to go outside. This is making me laugh because I'm thinking about my favorite show of all time, which was Strangers with Candy, which is on Comedy Central a long time ago. And uh the main character, Jerry Blank, yes. this 46-year-old high school dropout who goes <laughs> back to favorite. high school, ends up sleeping with the most popular guy in school named Laird, and he'll only do it in the dumpster in the back of the school. <laughs> and literally her head pops out of the trash can and he puts it back in when people are walking. And she's like, Laird! <laughs> I remember that. It's just really, really funny. Also, and Laird is Lowell's my favorite name. I mean, honestly, you guys, if you think anything is funny, just so you know, the funniest thing that exists is of Laird. all time is Strangers with Candy. And the name Laird. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think you should be with somebody that needs to, like, put your head in a dumpster when cool people walk by. Yeah, also... Call me call me wild. Yeah, call me old-fashioned. <laughs> call me old-fashioned, but... but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Wouldn't anyways. Wouldn't it be funny if you were seeing somebody and some friends walked by and they're like, oh, who's this? They're like, oh, my cleaning lady. <laughs> uh, my SAT tutor. Um, um, my cousin. <laughs> Just, like, all these stupid things. <laughs> And they're like, isn't it so hot that we do that? And you're like, you hate me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oi, oi, oi. Okay, guys, it is time for that time. It's time for I'm Horny For. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, thank you for asking. No problem. Um, I'm horny for self-knowledge. Okay. Whoa. I know. Your hornies are, you go, you go deep. Because I don't think about these things in advance. Like, I don't plan these. So I, whatever I'm thinking of, I just Whoa. say. I know. Oh my God. Improv. Shut up. Improv. UCB trained. <laughs> you guys, I'm like amazing. <laughs> um, no. And so I don't have like funny joke answers. Which okay. Maybe I should. Wow. That's a dig. That feels like a dig. <gasps> no. Sometimes I have funny joke answers. No, I meant it because I don't mean for them to be so oh my hardcore. God, it's our first fight. This is... This is rough. Okay, tell us. Self-knowledge. Let's hear it. Because um, I'm dating someone new. I've, you know, it's really, really early, but I've realized that it's kind of all tied to this episode too, which is, which is good. But um, I was talking to my male therapist, Josh Korda, literal genius, Buddhist uh, meditation teacher. He's actually not really a therapist. He's just a Buddhist counselor that I Skype with once a week. And he's a genius. I, I used to go to his meditations um, in New York every Sunday. And then I found out that he like took kind of like clients or something. And he's been really amazing. But um, one thing I've learned with him is that like I am I've said it casually in the pod, but like bringing up what I'm horny for self-knowledge is like I didn't realize that me just telling a guy like I'd really like it if you like called me more or like I'd really like it if we saw each other this amount of times like a week. That sounds really normal when I'm saying it now. I am. Like, and I seem like a really good communicator. I'm like doing this podcast. I'm like good at talking. When it comes to like stating my needs, I like panic. Really? Panic. I like have mm. to be drunk or like, 
By the way, I'm the same. I don't know why I responded like, oh, I can't relate. I can fully, fully relate. Well, it's I think that's literally that's... my lifeblood is not being able to say things that I need. Well, it's kind of crazy that you can be so comfortable talking in one way. Like, I love performing. I love talking. I used to be a stand-up. I'm, it's I different, though. Host podcasts, but... So it's not, it's not the same vulnerable. Yeah, it's not vulnerability. But talking to a guy that I like, like and care about, and like, I just, I'm really. My therapist was like, "It's totally normal to tell somebody I need this, mm-hmm. and if they can't give it to you, they're not right for you." But I just have this like old childhood trauma shit, where like I just feel like if I ask for anything, someone's gonna be like out the door. Yeah. But that's also, I feel like what we talked about this episode is that panic. Yeah. And I just think the self-knowledge part is like, God, good to know. This is like, it's like you can't do the work until you know what the work is. It's also freeing to even know that there's an option of like, well, I'm going to say what I need. And if they leave, then that's the new reality and I'm going to be okay. That's kind of how I feel. Like now I feel really strong and empowered and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm just going to say what I want. And if it bothers him, then like really useful for me to know. Yeah. Because I want to be with somebody who's like, okay, cool. No problem. Uh, also, I feel like I don't know your dude well. I only met him once, but I do feel like he can handle it. I we'll got a see. vibe. I we'll got see. a vibe. Okay, well, <laughs> as is tradition, Jamie, my, my horniness what? is not, it's not self-actualized. <laughs> Sorry, mine was like it so is, dramatic. No, I love it. I think it's actually good. Maybe this segment is going to morph into yours being really like poignant and mine just being like, I'm horny for a turkey bone. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that Ren fair turkey leg. Girl, um, what are you horny for okay, this week? Well, I, I, my horniness... Um, giggita giggita. That's my new catchphrase. Love it. I'm gonna um, take from Quagmire, but not do the full impression. I'm just gonna say the words. So giggita giggita. I am horny for um, that new show on Netflix, uh, Dead to Me. God, I gotta watch. Uh, it's produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell, and it stars Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate. And I'm only two episodes deep, so I can't say for sure. If I'm going to keep loving it. But so far, man, do I love Christina Applegate. She is genius. She's a genius. She's a comedic genius. If you watch, uh, you know, old episodes of Married with Children, it's like she's just unreal. She's fucking hilarious. She takes Anchorman to another level. She is beautiful and strong. And this is a completely different side of her. She plays a mourning widow who just lost her husband in a very tragic way and she but she's still funny she still maintains that sort of acerbic edge I don't I just I love her and I'm just thrilled to see her and also I can't wait to watch the show this is kind of basic you you definitely should watch it you'll love it um it's kind of basic but I also just love I have a lot of fear and anxiety around aging. Um, most same. of these, my yeah, I, I know. Mean, we've same, talked. same. Well, my grandmother was always just like very, very critical of like my weight, my face, my skin, da 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 da. And so I, every passing day, I'm like, oh, I'm just like you know slowly melting into the earth. You know, my skin is just going to become a puddle of flesh at some point. <laughs> Next podcast, I'm using just like puddle of flesh. That's the name of my Christian rock band. Um, but yeah, I I'm just in this place where when I see actresses in their 40s who are truly like like sliding into a next level of performance and coolness and realness, I just get really excited and it makes me hopeful, which That's sounds, awesome. That's amazing. I just love it. I'm like 40s is the new 30s, 50s is the new 60s. Like I, I, what age is nothing. I'm fucking over age. I mean, I'm over ageism and I'm going to start a revolution. I'm starting a lot of revolutions Girl, today. <laughs> everything you're saying is speaking to me. I relate to all of it. I can't wait to watch it. What if like 
four, like forties was the new thirties, and then seventies was the new tens. Like all of a sudden you're ten when you're seventy. Oh my 70. god! It, like it resets. You like become into wiffle ball or something. Oh my god! <laughs> I love that. I'm like dead is the new, not that dead. <laughs> That's gonna be me underground. I'm be like I'm not that old. <laughs> Like worms eating out my eyes. I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, honestly, also like pretty good. Yeah. Also, like worms are they are really good for the earth, and like they're probably really good for your skin. Like, if you put worms all over your skin, it probably like makes your collagen rebuild. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a Beverly Hills facial that was like leeches, worms, cockroaches. It's literally called dollars. It's literally called the burial facial, and it's everything that the you actually die. You actually do die, but you look look fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. No, you look bangable. Like people are gonna fuck the shit out of your corpse, guys. I think. I don't know what's happening. Girl, you're incredible. You're owning it. I'm blacking it. out. <laughs> Jamie, I'm going to have to t- like feed Jamie after this. Okay. Uh, I, can I honk if I'm horny for something else? I'm horny for Please. this podcast and I love you. I'm horny for you forever. I'm forever horny for you. Okay, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>